And I, like I said, he was a nine and a half pound baby. So then. Yeah, like, you breathed a nine and a half pound baby out for the first time. That's incredible. So then the midwife was like checking me afterwards and I'm like, okay, like tell me what the damage is. And she's right. like, you did not care at all. Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Kayla is here with me to share her pregnancy and birth story. So thank you for being here, Kayla. Yeah, thank you for having me. So starting off, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself and your family? Uh, yeah, so I was born and raised here in Michigan. And um, I met my husband 2015. His name is Zach. And we got married in 2018. He is a firefighter. I work for a wealth management firm. And um, we have a, uh, I have a stepson who is uh, about to be 13. And our baby who is uh, about two and a half months. Awesome. Me and Ashton are originally from Ohio slash Michigan. So that's kind of how um, we know Kayla. You guys worked at, you guys worked together, right? Yeah. I worked with Ashton at uh, Lifetime. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) So yes, we miss, we miss Michigan, of course. Well, not the weather, but uh, the people and family. (laughs) North Carolina's weather is so much better. Oh my gosh. What's the temperature there? right now. Uh, I think, I think it's like a high, it's supposed to be a high of like 20 degrees today. So our high today <laughs> is 72. Oh my God. I would <laughs> love to be there. Yes. It sounds amazing. Vastly different. But when you do get that little small chunk of summer, um, I mean, it's beautiful in North Carolina, of course, but it is beautiful in Michigan. That's for yeah, sure. It, it definitely makes it worth it. We always say if we were like millionaires, we would um, live in Michigan for like the three good months of summer and then live in North mm-hmm. Carolina the rest of the year. That'd be like the dream come true. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be ideal. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so Kayla, tell me about finding out you were pregnant, um, kind of what that road to to your pregnancy looked like. We uh, originally started trying um, to get pregnant back in 2019. I had uh, a miscarriage um, at 11 weeks the beginning of 2020. Then we got pregnant again and I had a second miscarriage uh, in June of 2020 wow. at six and a half weeks. So at that point we decided, decided to start seeing um, or we decided to go to a fertility specialist to see if something was going on. Um, I had lots of blood work done and um, they found out that I have pregnancy induced hypothyroidism hmm. which can cause miscarriages. They, we don't know that's, that's what caused the first two, but it, it's um, highly likely. Okay. So then I started taking a thyroid medication. I got pregnant again for a third time in October of 2020. Um, and I had another miscarriage oh my goodness. Um, at five and a half weeks. And that one is just, even though I was on the medication, they, they still don't really know why that happened. I got, uh, pregnant again in February of 2021. Shortly after we found out, I started feeling like weird um, pain, like in my lower back. And so we went to, you know, to the doctor and they diagnosed it as an ectopic pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And they had been monitoring my HCG as well. And that had, that had started declining. Um, so we knew that. 
and they couldn't there was no like on the ultrasound they couldn't see anything so they could they pretty much knew that you know nothing was growing and that it was somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be (laughs) so I had a methyltrexate injection to make sure that there was nothing left like in my you know tubes or anything like that so luckily I didn't have to have any surgery or anything but they wanted to make sure everything was out so that that I didn't have like a rupture or anything like that when getting that injection they tell you to not try to get pregnant for at least three months afterwards because that um, medication depletes your folate reserves in your body which is obviously important um, in those for you know, the uh, first few weeks, we were not careful one time <laughs> shortly after that and found out we were pregnant a month later. Okay. And he is a per- like perfectly healthy. Oh my goodness. Everything was fine. Um, so that was a little scary uh, at first, but everything with the pregnancy, it was definitely a surprise, but of course the one, you know, the fifth time we're like, not supposed to be trying is the one that I went, you know, full term. And I what I I just ended up taking a like an extra folate supplement gotcha. with my like normal prenatal. Everything was okay. So as far as the pregnancy went. Yeah. Do you feel like those first few weeks were you know, extremely hard when you got pregnant after, um, after you had the ectopic, I'm sure, I mean, my heart goes out to you. Like I experienced one miscarriage and it was very traumatic. It's just such a hard thing, especially when you've never had a baby before. And then you have miscarriage or miscarriages first. Um, it's extra hard. I feel like not that, you know, and any loss is hard, but it's extra hard because you're like, well, is my body ever going to be able to do this? Like, am I ever going to be able to carry a baby to term? And it seems like in your case, you know, they couldn't even give you a definitive answer of like, Hey, this is what's causing it. Um, so I can just imagine sure that you, you tried to protect your heart and not get, you know, too excited, too hopeful and kind of felt like you were walking on eggshells. Is that kind of how you felt or how, how was that first that I guess the first time is probably the hardest and, and the rest of the pregnancy. Yeah, no, it's literally, that's exactly like how we felt. Like it was like, we were excited, but we were like cautiously excited. It was definitely hard. And like, you just like every appointment, like we would like sit in the car, like before we went in and just like be praying like so hard that like everything was okay. You know, we waited uh, longer, like to tell every, you know, friends and family um, than we did the first time, you know, the first time. And then, so yeah, it was definitely you know, especially after having four and yes, them unexplained and one of them just a pure coincidence of the ectopic. It's, uh, it was definitely a roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. I like how you and said then, like you know, excited, but cautious. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much the whole, definitely the first trimester was the hardest, but even just like throughout the whole pregnancy, it was definitely, uh, like, you know, like I said, it was definitely, we're excited, but cautiously excited, but yeah, that, yeah. I, I even remember at the end of my pregnancy, like, I was just like, I'm so excited to give birth and just have her out in here. Um, because of the loss I had before. I mean, the first trimester mm-hmm. is especially hard, but I think the whole pregnancy, even people who haven't experienced loss, I know feel that way, you know, you're just like, okay, I just want you here and earth side. That way I can like control you a little bit, you know, right. when they're yeah. inside of you, you have no control over what's happening. Um, and exactly. everybody was like, well, they come out and you still don't have control and it's still hard. And I disagree. I felt like when she was out, it was so much easier for me. Like I, I worried so much less than when she was inside of me. Yeah, for sure. Like you can actually hold them and like see that they're okay. Yes. Um, and you know, and and you can like if something's not okay, like you know right away, and or you know you can 
like you said, you have like definitely more control. Yeah. So through your pregnancy, kind of how are you feeling like more symptom wise? First trimester, I did feel like I was, I never was like super nauseous. I never like, like I never like threw up or anything like that, but I just would feel like, like queasiness, like throughout the day, anytime really. Um, and I also had like a lot of food aversions, like for some reason, like specifically in the first trimester, like I wanted nothing to do with meat. That's a very common. Is, yeah. Which is like, which was weird for me. Cause like I eat that, you know, all day. That was kind of actually like, it's, it's weird, but like the queasiness and like the food aversions was like, um, actually like re- like reassuring yes. to me because I didn't have that with any of the previous pregnancies. So I have, I was having like stronger symptoms and that actually made, made me feel better yeah. <laughs> um, in, in that aspect, like definitely a lot of fatigue for sure. And then like moving to the second trimester, I was having a lot of hip pain. So I ended up seeing, I ended up going to a chiropractor to try to alleviate some of that. It just felt like things were like shifting and it was just like really uncomfortable. I had like a lot of sciatic pain um, as well. And so the chiropractor helped with that. But like second trimester, like the queasiness definitely like subsided and I was like able to eat like more meat, but still like sometimes it just didn't sound good. I wanted more like, and I just wanted like a lot of like bland food, like I wanted like chicken noodle soup and like grilled cheese and like crackers and that kind of stuff. And then third trimester, the fatigue came back for sure. Like definitely like after 30 weeks, it was like, I was exhausted like all the time. And I also got a lot of heartburn, you know, just like general uncomfortable, like just from being so so big. big. Yeah. Yeah. Your lungs have no space. You're out of breath. Can't get comfortable to sleep. You're peeing all the time. Right. Yeah. Normal, but good, good things, you know, things that, you know, you pray for and you ask for. For sure. Uh, I do CrossFit like as exercise and I was able to like continue to do that like throughout my entire pregnancy like all the way up to the end Um, obviously very modified yes like as it went along you know more modified as it went along Um, but I was very grateful to be able to continue doing that like just because I know how like good it is just like to be like to stay physical and like mobile but also just for like for my mental health as well that is like really important for me. So I was very grateful to be able to continue doing that. So leading up to pregnancy, did you have kind of like a birth plan, birth preferences? What were you envisioning and, and preparing for? Yeah, I definitely like had a very clear vision (laughs) of what I wanted. I wanted um, to keep things as natural as possible. My plan was to have an unmedicated uh, natural delivery. Um, Very lucky we have a a natural birthing center, um, five minutes down the road from our house at the Beaumont, um, in Royal Oak. And, uh, so that was my goal was I wanted to give birth in the birthing center, uh, the natural birthing center. And I just wanted to keep things very simple and just do like everything possible for the health of the baby. So, um, you know, I wanted to do, uh, delayed cord clamping skin to skin immediately afterwards. Uh, and my, you know, my goal was to not have an epidural as well. Right. Um, Did you do any like birth classes or read certain books or like hire a doula or kind of how did you prepare physically, mentally? Yeah. So we did hypnobirthing okay. classes. So I uh, did utilize that as well. And then we also did like, I'm sure you've like heard of it, the tiny hood, like 
baby 101 classes. So we did those online. That was, you know, just like general baby stuff. And then besides that, we did the, the hypnobirthing. Those are online classes as well. Okay. And that was pretty involved, like learning that. And then I had to like practice it every single day. So it's like you listen to these tracks and like practicing getting into that like mental state. And do you so feel that like was, that was a big part of your labor? Like I, I don't have honestly any experience with hypnobirthing, hypnobabies. Um, do you feel like that made a big difference in, in your labor? Yeah, um, it definitely like got me into this like, zone okay. where I was able to just like tune everything out and just like focus on like my body and what it was doing and like my breathing uh, like my husband said like as soon as we got actually he said as soon as my contraction started like before we even got to the the birthing center he's like you were like in this twilight zone yeah that's awesome he's like he's like no one like he's like I couldn't talk to you like you would like open your eyes like to like like briefly respond to like the nurses and stuff other than that like I like my eyes were closed and I was just like in my own like little zone and like he's like I didn't know what to do and I was like (laughs) it just just having you like in the room was all I needed yes Um, so how how did you go into labor and how was how was your labor yeah so I went into labor I was 41 and a half weeks oh wow so I was very very ready very big and very uncomfortable um but it did start naturally um it was he was due November 25th and on December 5th we had just it was like it was at night we had just actually finished decorating our Christmas tree and uh I think it was like nine o'clock and I started having like recognizable contractions and so I laid down in the bed and started timing them and they were immediately only five minutes apart and consistent. So by 10, like an hour later, like by 10 o'clock, um, we had called the midwife and by 10 o'clock we were in the truck, like on the way to the hospital. So I only labored at home for an hour. And then by the time we got to the, hosp- the hospital and like got checked in and everything, my contractions were only three and a half minutes apart. So, and they were pretty, and then like, they were like pretty intense right away too. And I had been having like Braxton Hicks here and there like like you know for a few weeks leading up um but they were very like irregular and like almost like unnoticeable it's like I knew right away like when the (laughs) when the real contractions Mm -hmm. were starting yeah when you got to the birth center and then they checked you and you said they were three and a half minutes apart did they like check you when you got there or were they kind of more like hands off just letting you do your thing in labor um, yeah, so when I first got there, I actually had to be like, I, I had to go to triage first, okay. um, because you have, there's like some qualifications that you have to have in order to be able to go to the natural birthing center. Gotcha. Um, so like instance, like your blood pressure, like, has, you know, can't be too mm-hmm. high. Gotcha. So, can't, so they're looking for like any like risks that would, and where they would need to keep you on the hospital side. Gotcha. Um, even if I had to go to the hospital side, like I, my midwife still could have like gone with me, but so when I got there, they did check me. I was three centimeters um, and a hundred percent effaced. And it's funny because, so they also um, do an ultrasound right when you get there, because they want to see how big the baby is. Hmm. Um, because one of the criteria is if they estimate that the baby is over nine pounds, um, that excludes you from the natural birthing center. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Luckily when they did the ultrasound, the nurse only estimated that he was eight and a half pounds 
and he ended up being nine and a half pounds. <laughs> so I kind of squeezed my way in there. I like that. Yeah. But anyway, that just so I did, shows a side yeah. note that just shows that your body knows how big to grow a baby for you because they would yep. have probably had they estimated his weight correctly, which this also tells you that those ultrasounds are not accurate, mm-hmm. but had they had that ultrasound been accurate, they would have risked you out of that natural um, birthing center side of the hospital where you clearly were able to birth um, very, very well. So right, yeah, those ultrasounds are accurate and a big baby really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. I mean, everything went completely like, just normal you know he was on a bigger side but other than that like everything was completely fine so so you got um, over there probably around like midnight I would I would assume. yeah okay. yeah once by the time I got a triage it was like midnight so I was able to go to the natural birthing center which I was super awesome. grateful for they have a jacuzzi tub like right in the in your room so I labored in the jacuzzi tub for about two hours and um, when I got out of that um, I did let them check me and uh, I had advanced to eight centimeters. Oh, that's very fast. <laughs> yeah. At that point, the midwife, you know, so she checked, she said you're eight centimeters. And she's like, also like, and my water hadn't broke at that point either. Um, and she's like, I can feel like, like your bag of waters is like right there. It's like right. bulging. So she asked me if I, if, if she could break it. And I, I said, yes, I think that's like the one thing I regret a little bit if I'm looking back on it. Because, and I, but I let her break it because I was at eight centimeters. She said like that would intensify the labor. So I thought, okay, well, I'm already at eight centimeters. Like it'll be like, she'll be out like within the hour if she breaks the water. So she did and the labor definitely intensified and the contractions were like back to back and, and the contractions were a lot more intense. Um, however, um, when I got to nine, about nine centimeters, um, my labor stalled for almost five hours. Wow. For a number of reasons. One, his head was crooked. So it was like blocking the last bit of cervix that needed to um, move. He he was like, I guess he was like kind of like on a diagonal. Um, So it was just like a weird, like it was just wasn't uh, lining up correctly. Yeah. And also I had been throwing up um, because of the pain and so I stopped drinking water um, because I would just throw it back up. And so then I became super dehydrated mm-hmm. and like no one was catching on that I was dehydrated. But then this new nurse came in and she took over and she just like rocked it, like just like rocked our world. She like, she just like came in, she was like telling everyone what to do. She like started massaging my back with like this lavender lotion she's like, she's dehydrated. Like, why isn't she like on fluids? And like, so she like got me on, uh, they did give me an IV at that point with like the, my husband says it's called a banana bag. It's like, okay. yeah. Fluid it, with like electrolytes, electrolytes. and yeah. yellow. Yeah. And then she made me cause I had been laboring like on my side for like that whole time too. And I just like did not have the energy to like move or like change position. So she, she made me get up and go sit on the toilet so that I was in a supported like squat position uh, to, you know, to help him to get him to come down. So I labored on the toilet um, for 30 minutes and he was crowning. That's amazing. Um, so like we, like, af- like after he was born, like all we could talk about was like how amazing that nurse. Oh, that makes me so <laughs> happy. Uh, 
and she's like we talked to her after and she had been a L&D nurse for like 30 years so she just like she knew what she was doing yeah that's um, amazing so then after he started, you know, he crowned, he was crowning, I moved back to the bed and I just kind of breathed through the, like the pushing contractions. I didn't really like ever like strain to push. I just like wow. breathed through them and just like let my body like ease him out. And he was out in like five to 10 minutes after that. And I think, I think he was out and maybe like two or three contractions after that. That's amazing. Most of the time you really got to push for those first babies. So um, yeah, that's amazing that you said you didn't even strain. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> imagine a first time baby and you didn't even have to like bear down and actually push. So you, yeah, you never even no. really pushed. Would you say? Not really. I mean, like when the contractions came on, like you kind of have that like yeah, fetal ejection um, reflex where you like naturally like, yeah, it's, it's like, like a natural throwing like, up, but like out of your body yeah, in a way. Right. So I, ha- I did have that, but I was not like forcing, like I was wow. not like for- forcefully like pushing like whatsoever. And I was on, I was on all fours. That's amazing. Too, and that like, so that felt like good. Like that was the position that felt the best for me to push That's him amazing. out. And I, like I said, he was a nine and a half pound baby. So then. Yeah. Like, you breathed a nine and a half pound baby out for the first time. That's incredible. So then the midwife was like checking me afterwards and I'm like, okay, like tell me what the damage is. And she's right. like, you did not tear at all. Wow. She's like, I don't have anything to like, I don't have to do anything. She's like, you have no lacerations whatsoever. That's amazing. So I really like, I'm glad that I was able to push him that way. Mm -hmm. And just kind of like, I just like kept very calm and just like, I feel like at some points I could like feel like I started feeling a little bit anxious. It's happening. Like, I just need to get him out. Like he's, it's kind of like almost going, going into shock. It's really happening. Like my baby is Mm -hmm. coming, Yeah. but I just kind of just kind of like recentered myself and let my body do what it's made to do. Yeah. And what was that moment like when he came out? It was incredible. It was that whole journey, like that we, yes. you know, had been through, like up to that point, just made it like everything, like so worth it. And mm-hmm. like, um, I was just so grateful just to be able to hold him, yeah. especially with like the miscarriages and stuff. Like, I would always say, like, I just wish I had gotten to like hold them. Like, mm-hmm. and so it just felt like really it was just like a treasure just to like hold him and like see him and he was like so long and like <laughs> and so chunky I'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah so it ended up only being about 15 hours of labor he was born at noon on the next day so well that that is an incredible story um <laughs> truthfully that's that's amazing and I'm sure that moment when he was out was just surreal you know after the long journey yeah. that you guys had had been through um in total five pregnancies to get to this mm. moment where you had your baby in your arms. I can imagine that was, I'm sure a very emotional, very special moment for y'all. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how has postpartum been? I know you said you didn't tear, which I'm sure um, made things a little bit smoother, but how has um, postpartum been as far as, you know, having a new baby, of course, and then yeah. also like healing kind of physical for you. So like healing physically went really well like you said I didn't have any tearing so I think that helped a lot and I you know I you know did some ice packs like <laughs> the first few days and um, everything like that I bled for quite a while probably like a solid five to six weeks afterwards um, but besides that physically everything went really went really well I immediately had no heartburn which is just like <laughs> such a relief amazing I remember my husband asking me like what has been like the most thing that you didn't expect like postpartum 
and I told him I was like I just feel like I as soon as he was born I immediately went into this like warrior like mom mode that like no matter like how sleep deprived I am like you just do it like you just do it you love him so much yeah like I'm able to stay like very patient and like still have like lots of clarity and like you know when I'm taking care of him that just kind of like blew my mind because like I'm very like before having him like I love my sleep (laughs) like I am like eight to nine hours of sleep every night like type of girl and now it's like four to six hours of broken up sleep amazing how little sleep you need when you have a baby yeah and I feel completely I'm not I wouldn't say I feel completely fine I'd love to be getting more sleep (laughs) but But you're you're um, doing it you know yeah yeah and it's you know I just feel like I'm able to do a lot more now on you know four hours of sleep than I ever was (laughs) before so right and I also have like I have a history of depression and anxiety so that was um, a concern like postpartum because I'm you know that can postpartum can obviously exasperate those and I've found that like neither of like depression and, and the anxiety have not been increased at all like during the postpartum period so that I've been very grateful for that because that was definitely a concern but so far I haven't uh, felt like that's been uh, an inhibiting factor whatsoever yeah. a week after he was born we got his, uh, the newborn like genetic screening test that they do in the hospital. Um, we got those results back. Long story short, uh, he's been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. So that was, you know, like finding out a week later that he was diagnosed with that was a pretty big punch to the gut. Will you kind of give a brief like summary overview of kind of what that is and what it entails um, yeah. for people who probably don't know? Yeah, for sure. So People with cystic fibrosis, basically, so our bodies have like mucus mm-hmm. everywhere. People that have uh, cystic fibrosis, their bodies um, do not flush out the mucus like someone who doesn't have CF. So the mucus ends up building up and getting really like thick. And um, the two areas, this happens all over the body, but the two areas that affects the most are their lungs and their pancreas and their digestive system in general. So the lungs, you know, get a big buildup of mucus. And so one, they easily trap more germs and are more prone to getting sick in general. Um, and then once they are sick, it's very hard for them to get rid of it because they're not, they're not able to circulate the mucus. And then for their digestive, like the mucus blocks their body from absorbing like nutrients. So a lot of babies or in, in kids that have CF have a hard time gaining weight, which He's already defying the odds with cystic fibrosis because he's a big baby Mm -hmm. and has not had any trouble gaining weight. He's actually in the 98th percentile for weight and height. So what a blessing. Yeah. So that we're extremely, it's just awesome. Um, But we do, you know, so like he was, he was diagnosed with that a week later. Uh, We take him to U of M Ann Arbor. He has this whole team of doctors. Um, but that was a lot like, yes. you know, we're already navigating having a newborn and then a week later getting that. And then he got, you know, we had to take him to all these doctor's appointments and um, we have just an, a, a lot of preventative treatments that we have to do for him every day. So it's like things to help his body, like 
circulate the mucus on its own and also help with his digestive system. And so there's all this different kind of stuff that we had to do like all day, every single day with him. So that was just a lot, you know, yeah, for I'm sure. to deal with all at once. But he's, like I said, he's already like a little rock star and they have come like leaps and bounds with the re- like research and medical advancements with cystic fibrosis, just even in the past, like three to five years. So like his doctors have no reason to believe that he won't live just as long as a normal person and do anything and everything that he wants to do in his life. So that was like a big deal for us is that we just wanted him you know, what, what, to be able to do whatever he wants, you know, as he gets older and stuff. He's a very healthy guy besides that. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, his, his name is Emmanuel, uh, which means God is with us. Yeah. And so we believe that and that he'll be with us through this journey with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's amazing. That is, that's just, yeah. I mean, I, I truly, my heart goes out to you again, because that is just a lot with, you know, a one week old and then getting that diagnosis. I can, I cannot imagine the fear that probably initially struck you when you heard that. Um, I'm mm. sure it was just a lot to process it, on top of the hormones and everything that you yeah. do postpartum and the uncertainty of it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think everybody probably has heard the word cystic fibrosis, maybe knows a little bit about it, but I mean, when you have a baby, you will do anything and everything to protect them and to keep them safe and to keep them healthy. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm so happy that, um, like you said, I mean, he, he's defying odds. He's doing amazing. He has a team of doctors at an, an amazing hospital who, like you said, you know, they say that there is no reason why, I mean, and that's the thing, you know, if a medical doctor is telling you there's no reason he's not going to live a full, happy, healthy, normal life on top of that, being a Christian and you know, his name mm-hmm. meaning that God is with him. God is with you guys. God's with him. You know, that faith on top of it is even more of a reason to believe and to know truthfully that he is going to live a beautiful, full, happy life. You know, if the medical team's telling you that, you know, mm-hmm. that God is above that anyway. Um, right. so, you know, that is that's just extremely reassuring and I'm sure that that can you know give you a ton of peace um his name is very very fitting yeah um, for for everything so I yeah. I mean you guys will definitely be in my prayers of course um but it's, it's, it's a beautiful amazing story and um I can't wait to just you know see it continue to unfold and see him grow and continue to to defy all the odds yes thank you so much yeah we're that's what we know is going to happen. So, um, and like you said, like anything he needs, like we just, we just do it. And even if it's a lot, you know, it's a lot and, you know, definitely not what we thought, you know, it was going to be, you know, when having him, but like, we just, there's been no question, like whatever the doctors have said, like, this is going to help him. Like we just do it. And like, Mm -hmm. it has just become part of our life. That's amazing. Well, Kayla, thank you for um, sharing your story um, from start to finish. Truly, it was beautiful and amazing. Um, If you had to give a top piece of advice for a mom, what would you say? I would say to like, listen to your instincts and figure out what works for you. Like, I would always hear that, like, well, you become a mom, like you'll have like the instincts, like you'll just know what to do. And like before having a baby, like that didn't like really make sense to me. Um, But since having him, like there's a thousand ways to do things and you're going to have all these opinions um, coming from all different sides, but only there's only one way that's going to work for you. And so like not to let outside pressures like sway you, like, like I remember like we were in the hospital, the lactation consultant came in. And she told me 
like for breastfeeding, she's like only breastfeed on one side for 15 minutes and then offer the other side for five minutes. And she's like, that's what you should do every time. And at least for me, that didn't seem, that didn't make sense to me. Like I wanted to nurse him on one side until it was completely emptied. And that's what we, that's what I've been doing. And um, like my body just regu- like has been able to regulate the milk exactly what like the way he needs it and I don't have an undersupply I don't have an oversupply like it's just exactly what he needs so like that was just like an example of like you know just listening to instincts and figuring out what works what works for you yeah yeah I love that there are a thousand ways to do everything like you said and there are a thousand opinions out there on how you should mm-hmm. do things so you know take people's opinions as you want to, you know, mm-hmm. throw some of them away, maybe take some of them and try them. Um, but you definitely have to figure out what works for you guys because every single baby is so different. So, you know, you, yep. you definitely can't, there's not one specific way to breastfeed. Um, we do the same thing, one side, each feed yep. other side, the next feed. Um, so yeah, you, you just have to figure out what works for you in every area, you know, sleep, yep. um, feeding at, literally everything. <laughs> Yeah. Like how, like what, like how your partner like supports or helps and like all that kind of stuff. And like you said, like I have, I have friends who breastfeed completely different and like, that's what works for them. And that's totally okay. They're not, it's not harming the baby whatsoever. It's just Mm -hmm. like what works for mom and baby. So I definitely uh, believe that for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kayla, again, thank you so much for sharing your afternoon with me and um, sharing your story. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.